Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens, and we have a big announcement on this show. We have our first sponsor. That's right. We've been teasing it the last few weeks. And uh, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Hype Motorsports, an up-and-coming racing marketing company. They uh, follow all the races. They have a bunch of drivers under contract, including our very own Colt Hensley, who runs the Prolates and Superlates with us at New Smyrna. And uh, definitely thankful to have our friends at Hype Motorsports on board and be on the lookout for a new show I'll be doing for them on their podcast network called the Hype Motorsports Podcast Last Lap Edition. And that should be debuting here pretty soon. So definitely um, some uh, big things coming up here. And uh, we thank them for supporting this show and uh, for letting me come on board and, and helping them out and doing some stuff with them. So that look for that partnership to grow. And um, very excited that uh, they've seen the success of this podcast so far. Great to have them on board. So Hype Motorsports, our first sponsor of this little show. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit different. It'll be a little bit shorter. I'm alone in the studio today. Um, after the rain out last week, there wasn't much going on. But um, I wanted to come on board and announce the, the sponsorship and uh, let you all know to be on the lookout for a new show on the Hype Motorsports Podcast Network featuring myself. I'm not going to give away anything. I want you to go listen to it. It should be posted. If you don't already uh, follow Hype Motorsports, go do that on their social media, and I'll share it as well and let everybody know where you can find it. So that just means I'll be doing a lot more talking. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, on this episode, again, like I said, uh, not much going on for the first time in what seems like five, six months. Wasn't at a racetrack this week, so... Don't have anything local to cover. Um, I actually covered a few things over on the Hype Motorsports podcast, so if you're looking for local stuff, um, you can check that out later. But on this show, I want to go over the 2020 NASCAR schedule. I want to talk a little bit about um, some of my predictions for the rest of the year. So this will be a NASCAR-heavy show. Probably not going to get as many listens, but that's okay. Uh, it's just what I feel like talking about right now, and we'll preview a little bit of the new Smyrna weekend this week because we will be talking about that next weekend on the show for sure. So getting into this uh, upcoming 2020 NASCAR schedule, going to be a very interesting year, of course, with the new car. Um, a lot of things that I might say about certain tracks on here might be completely untrue because a new car might race better or it may race worse or it's going to be one of those learning years, kind of like uh, I think 2008 with the car tomorrow wasn't the best year. Maybe we're looking at that. Maybe we're looking at the greatest year ever. I don't know. But I do want to uh, go over the schedule here, give you my thoughts on all the races, all the changes. And then uh, I do want to touch on the Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott issues. I think that could play into the rest of the season and will also kind of give some predictions. So looking at the 2020 NASCAR schedule, there's a lot I like about it. There's a few things that may be question marks. Starting off with the Clash at the... Nope, no, I, I butchered it already. The Clash at the Coliseum, the L.A. Coliseum. Definitely a departure from the norm. Normally the Clash or the Bud Shootout or the Sprint Unlimited, whatever it's been called in the past, has been run at Daytona. A uh, restrictor plate race to get you hyped up for the upcoming weekend at Daytona. Um, that race just kind of turned into a wreck fest. I, I used to go to those when I was a kid and you'd be lucky if you had a spin in that race. They used to just race hard and that was it. 
now it's like who can survive and wreck the least and then they moved it to the road course which i i thought was a bad move um i think the daytona road course with the cup cars at least has been rather lackluster i'm glad it's not on the schedule to be honest with you it's one less road course race which i think is good we don't need seven eight nine ten of these things i i like between four and six um you, you know when you think nascar racing you think ovals but the road courses add some spice i'm just glad there's one less so class has now been at the super speedway at daytona the daytona road course and now the la coliseum a short track gonna be like a quarter mile good old saturday night short track style racing and i like that it's two weeks before the daytona 500 and really i like this because it's more of a selfish thing um the last few years the class has been run during speed weeks um at new smyrna and haven't been able to watch it this is going to happen before speed week so i'll get to watch it and i'm looking forward to it um i think it's a fun thing to try i think if, if you're really going to go uh you know call your shot and go for the home run swing this is the way to do it get people excited about the new car the new season and uh, kind of see where it goes may it, could it be a failure could it be a terrible race it could it could be hard to pass it could just be us tearing up new gen 6 cars but it'll be the gen 6 cars in action so definitely excited about that uh, then we, of course we move on to daytona week which I like that the Speed Weeks portion of Daytona is shortened because I feel like that gives more people an opportunity to check out Speed Weeks at the short tracks, whether that be Volusia, whether that be at New Smyrna, whether that be at anywhere else that is racing. And then you can go back to Daytona for the big stuff. You know, you got the duels on Thursday, which, I mean, they're a necessary thing. Maybe not the most exciting races of the weekend, but definitely fun to watch the cars try to qualify for the 500 there's that's, it's about the only race we have anymore in the cup series where there's dnqs so definitely look forward to that and then of course the daytona 500 i think that this year's race is not going to be the most exciting because it'll be our first test uh with restrictor play package at daytona i mean i i hope the package is similar to what we have now i thought the new package that we had for the coke 400 was fantastic so i i hope even though these are new cars, they're way different. I mean, way different. There's a lot of technology in these things, but I hope they get them to race well. I hope the 500's great. It's always a must-see event. Um, even the worst races, uh, you can you still get hyped for. Um, I was hyped for 2013, crappy race. I was hyped for 2000, crappy race. Sometimes it happens. This year's Daytona 500, great package, still a crappy race. So it's not all about the package. Uh, you could have a bad package like in, in 2018 and still have a good race. It just it all depends on circumstance and, and you know daytona 500 is always a fun one and then we go to auto club in uh, california final race on the two mile configuration before they knock it down and turn it into a short track which i am all for but it'll be fun to see the new cars on a two mile speedway to see how the intermediate packages kind of um see what direction they're going in there then they go to las vegas so a similar package um vegas probably one of the better mile and a half ever since they banked it so i don't hate uh going to las vegas which we're actually going to this weekend we'll talk about that in a little bit um then we have phoenix uh where the championship four races run phoenix is okay it kind of reminds me of new hampshire you can get some wild moments um but i think the racing gets pretty strung out i hope the new cars you know have a good short track slash flat track package um, but we'll see that'll give us a good uh, preview of the championship race of course and we go to Atlanta, the new Atlanta, the what's supposed to be a medium-sized super speedway Atlanta. I don't think it'll be like Daytona and Talladega, but uh, it will be an intriguing race nonetheless because of all the unknowns with the new car, new track, new pavement, new configuration, new banking, all that stuff. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then we go to Circuit of the Americas, moved up 
a couple of months here, and I like it in this spot. The first road course of the year. So you got, excuse me, you got uh, Super Speedway, you got uh, flat, basically short track, you got mile and a half. So then you get a road course on race six. Um, Circuit of the Americas didn't get the best test this year with, with the rain. That race was kind of a mess. Um, so I'm hoping for better weather. And I think that's why they moved it up to get better weather. Cause I think it's a great facility and I'd like to see what these guys can do on a dry track. Um, so hopefully that's the case this year. Then we have our short track segment, race seven, eight, nine, all on short tracks here. We start off in Richmond, not the most exciting short track, but still love the place. Um, I love short tracks in general. Uh, so that'll be good. Then Martinsville, one of my favorite tracks on the schedule. And we're doing Bristol Dirt again. And this is on Easter Sunday, Sunday night race. And I like the Bristol Dirt being at night because the daytime race with the dust, uh, especially set with the sun setting, kind of turned into a mess. I hated the single file restarts. I hated the, it just seemed like the race kind of, they, they just had to make it happen and get through it. So hopefully a better, um, better running, uh, less visibility issues in the nighttime. I like that it's on Easter Sunday. You can get together with your family, do your Easter stuff in the afternoon, and then kick back in the weekend with a great race on the Bristol Dirt. Still wish they'd go to an actual dirt track if they're going to run dirt, because uh, I think Bristol proved last week it is one of the best tracks on the, uh, on the circuit. But nonetheless, Bristol Dirt, always an intriguing event. And then we go to Talladega, one of, another one of my favorite tracks. So I love the first part of the schedule. There's excitement all the way through the first 10 weeks. I mean... What more can you say about Talladega? You just never know. It's unpredictable. Hopefully these cars race well there. I'm sure they'll get it figured out, at least by Talladega. Even if the 500 is a bit of a snoozer or a dud, they'll get it figured out by Talladega. And then we'll go over to Dover. Uh, only trip to Dover this year. I mean, no hate on Dover. Hasn't always produced the most exciting races. But again, new car, hopefully better racing. Then we go to Darlington. Can't wait to see these cars in Darlington. They're going to get used up. I, I think they'll be running the high line. I think they'll be wicked fast at Darlington. I think that'll be a great time. Then we go to Kansas. Another mile and a half race before we go to the All-Star Race, which is once again in Texas. Not really a big fan of that. thought the race was very boring this year. Um, you know, even if these cars still suck on mile and a half with, with the next gen, I hope they come up with a format. I kind of like the points deal, but it all didn't matter at the end. I wish they would do like five segments and you scored points all throughout and you inverted the field every time, kind of like we did with the Bomber Bowl. But we'll see. We'll see what they have in mind. Uh, honestly, the all-star race is kind of becoming kind of like the clash. You can almost skip it and not really miss much or just go do something else. Watch the highlights on YouTube when you come home. I don't know. I, I'll sit down and watch it because uh, any race has the potential to be fun, but I don't know, Texas and the All-Star Race. I hope that is a short-lived marriage. Then they go to Charlotte for the Coke 600. So the All-Star Race kind of back in its traditional spot, just not uh, in Charlotte. So we go to Texas, then to Charlotte. It's Coke 600. I love the race. Uh, the racing isn't always great, but I love the race. 600 miles. There's all this talk about shortening races these days, and I hate it. I love a slow burn. I, I love kind of sitting down at 6 o'clock with some food and a fridge full of beer and usually getting frustrated, and then the final 50 miles usually end up pretty good. I, I love the Coke 600. I hope it never goes away. Uh, so that's race 14, so we're already about halfway through here. Uh, after that, we go to our first ever cup race at Gateway. I'm very excited for Gateway. I've loved watching Xfinity and trucks there throughout the years. Um, kind of like a hybrid Phoenix, New Hampshire, in Darlington with a weird shape, flat corners, um, just over a mile. I, I'm excited the, I think the Cup Series will put on a great show at Gateway. I think that'll be a great week, uh, weekend, a great way to start off June. Then we go to Sonoma. 
uh, classic road course, been on the schedule forever. Love me some Sonoma. Then we go back to Nashville. I thought Nashville put on a good show this year. I love the concrete surface, mile and a half. Um, uh, great to have it on the schedule once. It definitely does not need two races, but glad we get to go there once. And then it's another road course, Road America, which honestly not my favorite road course. I think it's a little bit too big for NASCAR. Great for IndyCar, Formula One, sports cars, whatever. I don't think Formula One races there, but you, you get what I mean. Um I've enjoyed some of the Xfinity races there. I thought the cup race this year was pretty boring. I'd like to see, I'd rather them go to Laguna Seca. Um, that, that would be fun, but, um, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll be better this year, but not one of my favorite stops on the schedule here. That's July 4th weekend though, Road America. So that makes it a little bit uh, more fun with the patriotic atmosphere and all that. But, um, I think it's a definitely better July 4th stop than the Brickyard. Um, I think Daytona moving it to the last race of the season out of the 4th of July spot. I think it's been perfect. So I don't, I don't hate that move. Uh, then we go back to Atlanta, two races at Atlanta with a new configuration. I hope the racing's good there or else it'll be a snoozer, uh, race number 19. Then we go to New Hampshire for the one and only stop there. I love the racing in New Hampshire. I thought this year's New Hampshire race was one of the best of the year. And, uh, uh, I love the short track flat track package. The cup cars have now. So I hope they build upon that with the new car. After New Hampshire, we go to our one and only stop to Pocono. Thank God that place only needs one visit a year for a unique, challenging racetrack. So I love that, but not always the most exciting races. So once a year, perfect for Pocono. Then we go back to the Indy Road Course. As long as they get the um, the curb situation figured out, I think it'll be great. I loved how that race went from, you know, rather typical road course race to complete chaos. I love a chaos race every now and then. But uh, I don't think we need cars flying through the air because of curbing. So hopefully they get that figured out. It should be a fun race. Then we go to Michigan. One and only stop for Michigan. Again, they nailed it here. You can't just take the place off the schedule. It's a great oval. Um, it's a classic track, but it, it just needs one week. We don't, we don't need to go any further than that. Uh, then back to Richmond. Richmond out of the playoffs. It is now the third race before the end of the regular season. So I like this move because I, I feel like it didn't really produce the playoff drama but maybe later on in the regular season desperation you got a guy who hasn't won yet sitting in fifth maybe you get a crazy restart maybe it'll actually spice it up a little bit so i like this move i think the early round of the playoffs seem to be a little bit too conservative these days as everybody's just trying to kind of get through that round as pretty much your top eight are gonna make it for sure so uh, maybe this will actually spice things up for richmond then we go to watkins Glen, final road course before the chase or the playoffs and then Daytona, the regular season cutoff. What they've done here is phenomenal. The, the last two races, ever since they moved this, they've been great. This year's uh, 400, uh, you heard me and Steven talk about it. Our experience going to the race was phenomenal. So I love this move. Always a great wild card race to end off the regular season. And then we start the playoffs. Round of 16 starts at Darlington. Love Darlington. Southern 500, great race. Then over to Kansas. So Kansas moves up into this round. And then Bristol, just like uh, last week, to wrap up round number one. Great, great slate of tracks there to start. Kansas, uh, right up there with Vegas, is one of my favorite mile-and-a-half tracks. So I do like this move here as well. And then we go to the round of 12. Texas, the one and only points race. I like that Texas only has the one-point race. The all-star race is whatever. You could put that anywhere. And still, you know, even, even like I said, didn't like the race last year. You can still make it fun. Um Texas kicking off the first uh, race in the round of 12. Then Talladega, the ultimate playoff wild card. And then the Roval, a great way to end it because you never know one excursion off the track and you are in trouble there. So 
I love the round of 12, probably the best tracks uh, as far as craziness in the round of 12. Then we go to the round of eight, and I like what they've done here. We start off at Vegas. So Vegas out of the round of 12 into the round of eight th- uh, for next year. Then we got Homestead. Homestead moving from an insignificant one-off date at the beginning of the season, kind of forgettable, now to race 34 on the schedule. Kind of like the old days, right? Kind of 2000 when it would kind of be Homestead, Phoenix, and then um, Atlanta to end the year. So now you got Homestead at race 34. I love that. That gives that track some more pizzazz because I, I I was worried about it being in the date that it was early in the season, that people just wouldn't go to it, and it might actually, one of the best tracks might actually fall off. And if we get a good mile-and-a-half package, it's going to be a phenomenal race there uh, in the round of eight, right in the middle. And then the final race in the round of eight, Martinsville. Love that. I love that short track flair. People are going to be going at it. If you're outside the bubble trying to make the championship four, Martinsville is the perfect place to just send it in there and try to make something happen. So excited for that race 35 there. And then of course the championship four at Phoenix. Uh, I thought Homestead was the perfect place to end the championship, but I get how the business works. They put in all those seats and reconfigured Phoenix and it's now it's kind of like the, uh, the new Ram stadium. It's a big deal. So, um, not the worst place to end it. I, I don't think you could end it at a place like Daytona, Talladega. It's too random. I think Bristol would be interesting. I know there's been a lot of talk about that after last week, but I think Phoenix is a good place to end because uh, everybody's, you know, it, it's a good package to where it, it, it's not as fluky for the end of the championship. Yeah, it's it's close quarters. You could get some contact. People could get sent around. But yeah, the same thing a few years ago at Homestead where championship contenders took each other out. So you just never know. That is what's so great about racing. Um, I thought this year's schedule, the 2021 schedule in NASCAR was pretty good. I think this is a great way to build upon a good schedule and make it even better. So I'm looking forward to next year. I hope the, I think the new car will take some getting used to uh, with the slid forward numbers, which doesn't bother me too much. I just wish they would have, uh, excuse my phone there. That always happens, of course. (laughs) Goodness, there it goes. Um, The slid forward numbers don't bother me too much, but I, I wish they would have just told the teams, put the number anywhere in between the wheels, anywhere on the side of the car between the wheels, whatever works best for your sponsor and your scheme. Do what you need to. Everything's electronically scored. Why does every team have to have the number in the same damn place? Just put it between the wheels, not on the corner panel, not on the hood, in between the wheels. Somewhere in the wheelbase there. Put it there, whatever works best for your scheme. Hey, if, if you know, Budweiser wants the, the number to be up front, put it up front. If um, Coca-Cola wants it to be in the back, put it in the back. If Exalta says, hey, just put it on the side like normal, put it on the side like normal. Who cares where it really is? Um, it doesn't really affect the racing at all, but um, that'll take you some getting used to, of course. Uh, hopefully the teams work some good schemes in there uh, using that extra space on the side of the car, which is a good move. We got to get these. We got to keep these sponsors happy to keep things going. I think the back end of the car looks weird. Uh, the underside of the car looks weird, but hey, if it makes better racing, I'm all for it. Who gives a shit what they look like? They're, they're race cars after all. Um, super late models look weird too. Have you seen dirt cars lately? As long as they race good, who cares? Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on the upcoming NASCAR schedule. Uh, I'm going to try to make this a shorter show. Maybe you guys can fit it in as you're driving to the racetrack this weekend uh, if you want to hear NASCAR talk. Uh, but I do want to quickly brush up on last week at Bristol. Great race at Bristol. The last 96 laps, I believe, 96, 94 laps, green flag racing. And it was intense. You didn't need late race restarts. You didn't need wrecks to make it a good race. And that's what I loved about last week. 
a lot of times the race will be boring, 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 and then there'll be late race restarts and people go insane. This was just good, natural, classic NASCAR racing at Bristol, which we haven't seen in a long time. Um, it all kind of started when Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick battling for the lead inside of 50 to go. Harvick hasn't won this year. Feels like time might be running out on this season. Has to go. Has to get that win. Makes contact with Chase. Cuts his tire down. Chase is mad. Chase comes back out of the pits. Oh, here comes Kevin Harvick. And he raised Kevin Harvick hard. He tried to cut his tire down. He slowed him up and allowed Kyle Larson to get by and win the race. And they had a disagreement afterwards. And, and thankfully, no fisticuffs or anything like that. But now you got to wonder, are these two going to race each other differently going into the rest of the, the championship? And I think they could. I really do. I think if Harvick is behind Chase Elliott late in a race, especially Martinsville. But even this week, I, I think Harvick will will give it back. Harvick is that kind of hard-nosed racer. So going to be very interesting to see how things play out there. Um, honestly, I, I'm a Chase Elliott fan. I like Kevin Harvick, too. I got bored of him winning all the time last year. Um, I've always liked Harvick. Um, kind of like both of these guys. But I think that Chase Elliott was a bit in the wrong on this one. Um, looking back at things, when the contact was made, yes, the two made contact. Let's let's get that out there. Let's be clear. Harvick racing for the win with Chase Elliott makes contact, but they were racing for the win at Bristol late in the going. Okay, this wasn't like lap one, overdriving, stupid mistake. This was racing for hard for the win at Bristol on a short track. What's wrong with that? Um, I think what Chase Elliott did late in the race, yes, he showed his displeasure, and we see it all the time, even in the back of the field. However, I think slowing somebody up as a lap car for your teammate, I think that's a bad move. I think it's a bad look, um, especially when Kyle Larson has all these playoff points and Chase Elliott, and he's only got a couple of wins this year and kind of behind on the standings. You let some, Someone else said this on a podcast I listened to. You let Kyle Larson essentially get five points on the rest of the field and make him even harder to get. I think, I think Larson's a lock for the Final Four. I think Chase Elliott would have been smarter to just – let it go and let Harvick kind of not take it into his own hands and let Harvick try to hold off uh, Larson for the win. I don't think Larson would have got him if Chase didn't race him like that. It kind of reminds me of when Newman got into the Benedetto back a few years ago and slowed his car down. The aerodynamics matter there. They really do. And uh, I, I think, you know, racing for the lead, two lead lap cars inside of 50 to go, when you make contact, that's racing, baby. That's why we well, like watching this stuff. But when you're a lap car and you're just mad and want to be in the way, uh, I mean, Kyle Busch, he's one of the most angry drivers when something goes against him. He put tires on and just drove through the field and didn't mess with anybody. Um, Chase Elliott essentially cost himself five points, five playoff points by letting the five car win. You know, um, that that's my take of it. <laughs> Very entertaining stuff. I loved all the extracurricular afterwards. I loved that there wasn't a fight, but just two guys mad at each other, talking it out. And they they didn't like everybody being around and watching them talk it out. And they went to the trailer and discussed it. But I'm very excited to see if that carries on, um, if not this weekend, down the road, especially if a spot is on the line. If Harvick or Elliott are, are on the outside looking in, going into one of these cutoffs, oh, boy. Definitely excited to see how that'll work out. But uh, quickly to wrap up this uh, episode of Racing with Ryan, um, looking forward to Las Vegas this weekend. I think it was one of the best mile-and-a-half races we've had this season when they raced earlier this year. Um, I look for good stuff with the playoffs. It'll be at nighttime, so that might change things. It might make the racing a little bit better. We'll see. Um, I don't think this will be the craziest race, but it'll set the tone for 
the rest of the round of four. Larson is my pick this week. Uh, I think he goes right to the final four. He's got almost a whole race on the rest of the field right now with all his playoff points with his six wins. That's 30 playoff points. And then, God, I think he's got more than 12 stage wins this year, something like that. So he's just done incredible. Um, I think that Denny Hamlin is going to the final four. I think Truex is going to the final four. And honestly, I think somebody will sneak in a win out of the Penske camp, be it uh, Brad Kozlowski or Joey Logano going into the final four. Um, I think there will be some big moments in these playoffs. And that is what keeps, I know a lot of people don't like the playoffs. I love it uh, because one race, one crazy moment, one Hail Mary could change the season. Like Logano did at Kansas last year, winning kind of an upset over Kevin Harvick going to the final four. He wasn't a factor, but he was there. And that really in the final four, you just got to be there. Cause let's say you've got the third best car. Like Jimmy Johnson did when he won his last championship and the leaders take each other out or the top two championship guys take each other out. It could change just like that. So I'm very excited for it. Um, we'll talk more NASCAR next week. Um, going to get back to the short track stuff. I know a lot of you guys enjoy the short track stuff. This was a NASCAR heavy episode. I know, uh, so you don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. Um, almost didn't do a show this weekend. I uh, wasn't planning to, but um, got the, st- the, the stuff worked out with Hype Motorsports. So I wanted to come on and to thank them for becoming a, a partner with this show and uh, myself becoming a partner with their network as well. Uh, it's kind of a mutual partnership, if you will. Um, so make sure if you haven't already, check out Hype Motorsports. They have some great drivers in their stable racing, not just in Florida, but in all the short track racing. Um, so check out Hype Motorsports. Uh, I'll let you guys know when the um, the first episode with them goes up. And um, so you can look forward to that. Next weekend, we'll be talking about the huge, huge show coming up at New Smyrna. The weather looks great for tomorrow. I'm very excited. Twin Sportsman 25s. There should be some ringers out tomorrow from what I hear. Um, it should be a great field of sportsman cars. The Mod Minis are going Twin 25s. It's been like four years since the mod minis of race, it seems like. And we got some new guys coming out for that. I'm very excited about Jerry Simons going back to his mod mini roots. Um, that'll be very fun. When you put, typically, I'm going to say typically because it's not always the case, but when you put two races in one night, you typically draw more cars. Um, everywhere in the world seems to be running mod minis this weekend, but it is what it is. You know, uh, we're getting to the end of the year. People have to do what they got to do. Um, but that should be a lot of fun. Plus, we got the Prolate 50. Prolates, uh, I've said it on this show. I've said it on the Hot Lap, wherever you guys may have heard me. Uh, they've they've done a great job. They've been the best of the 50-lap series. The Modifieds, the Superlates, eh, no offense to them, but they haven't really showed up this year. The Prolates have been solid all year. Looking forward to a great race there on on Saturday. Plus, two of my favorite support classes, the LKQ Superstocks and those pesky Bomber A's. So that is a big show um, at New Smyrna, one of the most exciting shows in a long time. Plus... We have um, the race at Las Vegas. We'll touch on that if anything major happens there. And uh, that'll be on next week's show. We'll probably get Steven back in here. We'll get some interviews. I know there's no interview on this show. Um, I literally got everything worked out with hype and said I got to do a show. So this is what you all get this week. I appreciate you guys listening. The support on this has been fantastic. Uh, I've been hearing from Kenny a lot. He's uh, Kenny Roth. He's he's always commenting and listening to the show um, in – you know, saying uh, saying some great things. And I have one big piece of news that I saved to the very end of the show because it hasn't been announced yet, but I'm going to break it. I don't have full details. Uh, if you listen to this show, uh, well, the, the release will probably be out before I get the show up. But 
the Sunbelt series. That's right. The old Sunbelt series, the late model series is coming back to New Smyrna Speedway next year for the super late models. That's going to make the super late models a whole lot more exciting. And I've heard the final championship race for the Sunbelt series will be the Florida Governor's Cup in 2022. So a little bit of big news that I shoehorned in. I almost forgot about it. The Sunbelt series coming back to New Smyrna. Hopefully it's successful and it'll grow into more of a tour go to a few other tracks down the road. But I think that's going to help make things more exciting for the super late models and give these guys some more incentive to race with us next year. So stay tuned uh, for more on that. Big show coming next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night. Support your local short tracks, whether you go to New Smyrna this weekend and I see you there. If not, go somewhere and enjoy some great short track racing. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good night.